With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to the program. As uh, you hear us, no matter where you hear us, we appreciate it. Part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, Tony Wink, Scott Casper with you. P.J. Duran in the studio, and he brings a lot of heat and a great conversation as well. Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson are contributors. Jack and Leanne DeLeon are producers of the program. Tony, you have the intro to the very next guest. Well, I had the first... Uh, got to see it firsthand. The the, uh, the weapon that Stu Baylor put on the racers this this uh, past Sunday in the swamps of Florida, and man, I tell you what, it was an exciting race. And uh, Caleb Russell, Thad Duvall, sure gave him a run, but it was Stu Baylor who took the big win. And congrats to you, Stu. We we'll bring him on now. Stu Baylor, welcome to uh, welcome back to Pit Pass, and congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Man, what a ride, dude! And and. Uh, I wasn't sure you were going to win it for a while, but you sure did. <laughs> yeah, you know it was uh, it was a slow day. Um, I I didn't want to do what I did last year, where I checked out, burnt myself out too early. Um, I've made that mistake too many times, and anymore, I think a strategy is just as good as anything when you when you find yourself battling for those top spots at the NPC. So I, I was watching in, and in pit row, it looked like you, uh, did, did you have some sort of a, did your bike stall or did you have some sort of mishap? I couldn't tell. I was down towards the, pro, you know, like right at the beginning of pro row, but it looked like you were like, there was something wrong about maybe two hours into the race. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of broke away. I, I got a, I got a cushion on those guys. Um, uh, I just got a cushion on those guys and, Sam got stuck in the quick fill. The quick fill stuck wide open. Poured a gallon and a half of fuel all over my lap and, and uh, went down below the seat and straight in on top of the filter and the bike shut off. And um, you know, I lost the lost the comfy cushion that I had and put those guys right back on the rear wheel. So that was kind of a kind of frustrating. It was definitely a bummer. Um, you know, I felt at that point it felt like I had pushed with everything I had. Uh, I know that Caleb's strong later in the race. I, he usually has a pace lap before he sprints. And yeah. in my mind, he was on his pace lap and he was ready to push. And all I could do is just try to outpush him. And uh, that's what I did. You know, we came out, out for a row wheel to wheel. And I was able to just put a, put another gap on him. And, um, you know, I, I drug him along for a while. I think probably 10 miles that lap. And then it got to uh, the gnarliest section, like the. I think the last three miles, the track got really rough, and uh, my bike was just working really well, and I was able to have a some time on it there. And, um, you know, the, the whole rest of the race, I was getting foot boards, you know, plus, plus 25, plus 45, plus 105, and then um, headed on to that last lap. I know I had a minute lead and just couldn't make any mistakes. So so let me ask you this, Stu. When you, when you have the... Uh 
You guys run VP Fuel, is that right? Yep. Okay, so I want to ask you when you when your dry brake, which is for everybody that's listening, it's it's uh, you basically you pull up and they just they they slam the gas can down onto your your gas tank and it it quick fills the bike and and they lift it off and it goes and sometimes those do miss they they do screw up you get sand stuck or whatever so i'm just curious what does vp which vp do you guys run the four or what is it uh we're running t4 okay so what does t4 feel like on the crotch when you're like three Uh, hours in and it's nice and it's like is it really humid really humid is it a burning sensation is it like a dry heat (laughs) <laughs> At first, it was like really, really cold, and I knew it. I was like, "Man, it's got to start burning at some point." <laughs> I, I haven't had it happen in a long time, and just when I thought, "Okay, maybe, maybe T four just doesn't burn like it used to," <laughs> then it kicked I, I guess it just soaked. It just soaked in. I still got a couple of blisters on the lower part of my stomach. But, oh no! Yeah, then it then it started kicking in, and. The boys were on fire, I can tell you that. It, it, felt like, it felt like I was standing over top of an open flame. Oh, and no. It's the worst. I don't know if I can contribute that to my win. I was just going to say I, that. I mean, maybe maybe in my mind, the faster I went, the more airflow I had. And I I don't know, but maybe we'll try it again next race. I'm not sure. So I, I see them guys. You guys are really good. You've got it down. You pull into Pro Row and you have that little jag that they put in there. Somebody's pouring water on your on the back of your head or on the back of your neck, and then you're grabbing a water bottle. And, and, and man, you do that faster than most guys can even go through that thing without doing any of that. But what if instead of just the waters, you had another guy pouring VP oh, yeah. on your <laughs> Spr- pants, spritzing you with fuel, <laughs> or maybe just like squirt guns as you're going by, just spraying you with like in the woods, <laughs> su- like surprising areas where you don't even know where you're going to get sprayed. See, I'm not sure that it wasn't part of the grand plan anyway. <laughs> Before the race, my mechanic looked at me and he said, "You got to win today," and I said, "Yeah, I'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we go." He said, "He said I'm tired of you leading the la- the first two hours. You need to lead the last two hours." I was like, "Okay." He said, you ride better when you're pissed off. And I know how to piss you off. And then the next thing I know, two hours into the race, I'm getting gassed up all over. <laughs> whether he had this plan out or not, I'm, I'm still in the sense of that. But uh, maybe, maybe, I mean, I know he gets the bonus when I win. So I think uh-huh. he has planned out. I'm pretty sure. And we're, po- talk- we're talking about <laughs> VP Fuel, so they're in on the deal for sure. Pocket full of sand oh, would be definitely. a real tell there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Thad Duvall looked really good too on Husqvarna. He he, you know he's uh, he's been a guy that's been stri- been he just like just like you. I feel like he's he's long overdue to be the guy too. I mean that that uh, um, y- you know Caleb has has been on fire, but you guys both you and Stu and Thad, in my opinion, you guys are are. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of you won a championship this year. Yeah, you know it's. Uh... I mean, it's still a long season, but that's my ultimate goal for this year. I, I don't want that championship bad. You know, we've been pretty dominant at the national the last few years, and, um, you know, the, the, the elusive GNTC title is just something that for the last six years nobody's been able to. I, I don't even want to say anybody's been close to it. I mean, Caleb's really been so smart, so strategic, and he knows exactly how to win races. Um, 
said, I don't think that Caleb has been a fastest guy on the track for the last six years. Uh, I think that, you know, Dad or myself, we've always had a little more speed. And I don't know that it's, I don't know that we're necessarily faster, or maybe Caleb's just smarter and he lets us burn ourselves out. But uh, I think Caleb, Caleb's been so dominant because of his strategy. He can change on the fly. He knows what he knows what to do, how to handle each rider in each situation, yeah. and how to make it count at the end of the season. And I think uh, I think right now, you know, I, I understand more of that after the race and you know, the GNCCs. It's we're off the we're off that. We've, we've all got good bikes. Um, you know, right now, I think that it's, it's become more of a strategy on who's going to push when, who's going to, who knows exactly that time, that perfect time for pushing. And I think that's what Caleb's been so good. He knows on any given day whether he can start his sprint with three to go or with two to go, or if he has to wait until the last lap. And, you know, we've seen Caleb come from fourth a minute down to, a two-minute faster lap than anybody on the last lap and somehow win by minute. And I think he knows exactly when that time is. And when he comes across the finish line, he pushes straight to complete exhaustion, but he never does it too early. He never does it prematurely and burns himself out. And I think that's, uh, you know, anymore that's the name of the game. I mean, the heart rate is on, so we're running for it's just, I mean, theoretically, it's scientifically impossible to even do what we're doing, but Caleb knows exactly when to do it. So you think it's just race strategy and just, just managing his programmer's race throughout the day, that the three hours that, that's that's earned him so many titles and, and uh, race wins? I definitely do. I mean, you, you look back at any interview Caleb's ever done, win or lose, um, he always talked about things that most people overlook during the race he talks about he i mean he's brought up during races i uh, last year at florida on the podium or one of the race interviews afterwards he said you know i, I saw his, i saw his shoulders start to drop or i saw his elbows start to drop i knew that was when i had to make my move and he's done it so many times and he knows exactly when to do it um so i think that you know, Caleb is Caleb's a chess player. He's he's been up for the long haul, and he and he's got three moves in advance before before most of us even know what's going on. And I think that's where Caleb's been so dominant. It's just the the strategy. And I've been paying attention. You know, I I watch these guys. I learn a lot from these guys. I've been watching Caleb and Thad since I was eight years old. And uh, you know, I I've always paid attention to the riding, and now I think. What I've learned this year, or over the last two years, really, is is uh, aside from the riding, I know how to ride um, the the mental game. What what you have to do while you're racing, and I think that's where uh, that's where I've got to improve. I I did it this weekend, um, and I played my cards right. Whether I can do it next weekend, you know. So you guys, you leave the swamps of Florida. You're headed up to Washington, Georgia. Um, you know, I I keep going to the I keep going to Palatka to race, and every time I leave there, I I always question myself. Um, I'm obviously we all not. You, we all, it's like, and I know they're there because it's close to Daytona, but man, that place, Georgia. If it's not a river running through it, it's uh, a lot better venue, I think, 
for GNCC. What are your thoughts? What do you prefer as a rider? You know, I I love the sand. I've always enjoyed riding in the sand. Yeah, but that's not sand. Me. That's a swamp. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the most brutal, physically demanding tracks I've ever I've ever ridden. Um, but I think that the reason that we keep going back there is almost every venue we've been to in Florida has a section or sections of low-lying area that are literally impossible to get through um, after running it for a couple of years. And I think although this place has a lot of water and a lot of mud holes, most of them seem to have a bottom, and we're able to race almost in any condition. So I think that was that's a, a big contributing factor. Um, you know, every track that we've gone to, I think I've been to seven different venues in Florida, and every single one of them seems to have that one swamp section that after two years, it's just impassable. Impassable, as in airbox sucking water, game over, yeah. impassable. As in yeah. literally like, tug like your straps. I look over and see an alligator swim faster. <laughs> So, Stu, uh, I got to ask you, you are, um, and what I thought was neat, and I want to talk about the, the GNCC family and the, the, the people, what I thought was really neat is when you were down and your, your bike was, you guys were having a problem and you had to like, I think you push started your bike, right? Um, yeah. I saw blue shirts pushing. I saw orange shirts pushing. I saw people that weren't on your team that were out there helping. Did you know that? It wasn't just your team. Yeah, I actually got a bunch of Ken Hill sent me and Darren Chapman sent me some pictures of, of everybody else coming out and helping out. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been like that. And I've, I'm good friends with most of the people up and down Prairie Row. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a really unique sport. Um, it's funny, you got to talk to some of the Moto guys or some of the West Coast guys, and everybody seems to stay secluded and, you know, in their in their own little world, and they've got their group of guys that they hang out with, and don't really get outside of that box. But um, you know, East Coast racing, off road racing, especially, I, I, there's been beef between riders, but it's never, it's never really gotten gotten too out of hand, and everybody's still friends. At the end of the day, when the banquet comes around, we're all sitting there drinking a beer together and and looking back and laughing about the stupid things that we may have argued about. You don't drink beer, do you? I I no no never. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> uh, I I think I was on my beer number three like six minutes after the race was over. <laughs> <laughs> how, how is that for recovery? Is that good? Oh, it was awesome! It took my mind off of being sore. I didn't even think I was sore. Yeah, I felt bulletproof. I only made it an <laughs> hour in the morning race, and I was sore. But I had a. You should have grabbed a beer right after. I did. No, no, I no. grabbed four. What are you talking about? I did. So I'll tell you what happened, Stu. I I I had a bike that I and I you know whatever. I ran into a kid that's training down there, a motocross kid, and I said, "Here's what I'll do. I'll throw my bike in your trailer. It'll be great." Mm-hmm. Well, a week prior, my buddy was riding that bike with me in Baja, and we were going down the down the beaches in the salt water seized up the, the linkage but it didn't have i went through the whole bike but i didn't go through the linkage right and so when i went i was at bostwick on friday and i go out and i go there's something wrong with this bike and it was the linkage was seized up and so nobody wants to work on the bike i have no tools because i flew in with a gear bag and there's a guy there with a brand new 15 hour 
uh, so I guess not brand new, but a 15-hour Yamaha YZ450 from Rock River that he says, this is a demo bike if you want to buy it and ride it. What do you take for it? And can I use a credit card? So <laughs> I end up buying this bike. No problem. It's all good. The trouble is, is on the Yamahas, the grips, and I was telling PJ, the, the grips are so big, it's like hanging on to a, right. a beer can. They're that big, and they just don't work for me. I have to have smaller grips, even smaller than... Than the, the normal grips, and so, you know, the fast sections out by the start where you you can kind of hit some tree roots if you if you hug the trees too tightly. Yeah, I did that, and uh, it was, and I was in the morning with Pastrana, and I'm and I'm like pretty excited that I'm going to race and beat Travis Pastrana, right? <laughs> Never mind that he quit halfway through it, whatever. <laughs> so I hit these things, and it was like somebody hit me from behind wow. the bike literally came out from under me and shot out and i looped out at like 40 miles an hour wow and belly flopped onto the ground because i couldn't hang on to the bike and i oh man it, and that was the end of my day and that was i was three cores lights in before uh How did Pastrana do before that? you guys started he quit that's yeah, the time he, he quit too right after you passed him right yeah so <laughs> that's probably he's probably pissed a fat guy beat him and up that dude you're down 44 pounds what do you weigh stewie uh, I'm, I'm 207 now. It's less than you were, right? Yeah, way less. Yeah. You were like 240? Never 240. Yeah. yeah. Why do they do the posters, the poster pics uh, at this t time of year? They go, hey, you know, you look pretty good. So now's the time to do the poster pic. Tony, right now, For next I've year. got photographers taking pictures of you at every place you are right now. That's weird. I've got some, not really, um, because... I That's plan on making stalker. money. I plan on making money on these posters. Huh. And right now, you're looking as close to 16-year-old Tony as I've seen you since, oh, I don't know, I got 17. I got short hair. 16-year-old Tony had long hair. Stuart, always good to talk to you, brother. Thank you so very much. The class of the field, absolutely always. Stuart Baylor, God bless. Thank you. Should we give out your uh, personal number to uh, the listeners so they can just dial in and talk to you about... <laughs> About whatever. Jack, did you hang up on Stuart? Nah, he put him on hold. Come on, Jack. Put him back Jack, on there. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, you, uh, Stuart, should we just give out the uh, your phone number? Yeah, might as well. Okay. Right. Buddies anyway. What? <laughs> it's, uh, I, actually, let's give out Jason Thomas's phone number. Okay, well. <laughs> did you hear that? I, I posted it. I uh, texted it and I posted it a couple weeks ago on the CNCC. Gate, yeah. Said, Please contact us. I'm not Jason Thomas. <laughs> Needs you, help. That is awesome. <laughs> what do you think of that, <laughs> Stu? He he runs. He talks so much smack oh, wow. on his on his social media, and he, and <laughs> and, I, and we all we're all we all look at it because we love it. Right. But he's like, everybody's gonna see who's number one this weekend. Everybody's gonna see the champ trains coming through. <laughs> Yeah. And then his bike I, I breaks. Think, you know, I, I think it's his cards. I mean, that's all he's got to play. That's all. That's all he's got anymore. I mean, he doesn't have the. He doesn't. He's not going to be able to win. But there are still people out there that pay to see that side of things. You know, it's just like wrestling, boxing. It doesn't matter what the sport is. Like, I think our sport's small, yeah. so it's not big enough for. I mean, he's just he's really the Conor McGregor, but our sport's too small 
to have enough people that like that attitude. Hang on just a second. Conor McGregor's calling in. Wait, yeah, uh, but Conor McGregor went to jail this week. Well, he's Irish, dude. As far as I know, JT oh. didn't, so... Good job, Stuart. Yeah, way to mix it up for us uh, right after it's time to let you go. We so. need to get we need to get Jason on at least. Should next we do week. it right now, can, Jack? Can we get Jason on the? Sh- well, he has the phone number right over here, Jack. It's, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, it isn't. Yes, it's it like, really is. It's like it's one. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Then I'll tell Jack the rest off air. Stu, you want to? We want to give him a hard time on the air. So stay, stay, stay with us, Stuart, and do me a favor. Uh, Jack, just put us on hold. We'll come back after this. Uh, this is live broadcasting, by the way. We're going to try attempt to get uh, the young man on the phone, see if he can stand up for the claims that we've been making against him, and uh, perhaps we can stir the pot a little bit more. Stay tuned. It's pit pass. Sister Aldo Ferracci and. Uh we on the Peepot Radio, and thank you for listening. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.